Welcome to Limitless, the blind beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community, in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. Uh, we have another exciting episode for you today. We are talking about disclosure and specifically disclosing that you have a disability, which seems like a silly topic perhaps, but it's actually quite a big deal. Um, if you are somebody who maybe has an invisible disability, especially, or in circumstances where people can't see you, um, deciding when to let people know that you are blind in our case is quite complicated. And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, I wanted to talk about this topic because I'm in the process of trying to adopt a dog and we were looking into like rescues and just different scenarios. And I realized that mentioning that I was blind was a factor even in that. So kind of comes up a lot, maybe more than we would expect. And I have uh, several co-hosts with me today to have this conversation. Welcome back, Clement, Ishita, and Colby. Hello. 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 So maybe you guys can each speak to why this was a topic you wanted to talk about. Um, so for me, I wanted to talk about this topic because I think, um, like you said, Sean, it comes up in everyday life. And I think it's important to um, let people know if you're blind or not and what your choice is. And I think it's really up to each individual person on whether they decide to disclose their disability or not. Yeah, similar similar to Colby and you, Sean. Um, I think for me, it's um, a little bit different because I am low vision and um, I can sort of blend in really well to the mass of people or people don't know that I'm visually impaired or I don't get a lot of questions um, if I don't have my cane with me or anything like that if people don't like look directly at my eyes um, so disclosure is like a very different process for me I think so I just kind of want to to listen to how everyone does it and see how my experiences compare and I have some funny stories that might come up so I just thought the conversation itself was really interesting awesome and I wanted to do this topic because I, I was kind of always taught growing up um, as a young blind person that, you know, to, to disclose or not to disclose was kind of like a general rule you kept for yourself. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, as I grew older and as I experienced more things, uh, as I started to apply for work and volunteering and community activities and stuff like that, I kind of discovered that it was more nuanced than a lot of people kind of made it sound when I was younger. Like, um, it really depends on the particular situation and even the people you're talking to. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to cover the topic from that kind of angle where we talk about times when I thought it was going to be a good thing not to disclose and it turns out I was right. Or, um, you know, when I thought the timing was right to disclose, it turns out I was wrong. Um, 
So that's kind of why I want to talk about this topic. Awesome. Okay. So let's maybe discuss the situations where people don't know that we're blind. And Ishta, you mentioned kind of blending in. I think it's the same for me. If I'm if I'm already sitting down in a social situation, I don't have my cane you know, it's folded under me or it's left at the door with my shoes in somebody's house. So I'm just a person, right? And mm-hmm. until they try to interact with me, they wouldn't necessarily know. Uh, but I feel like there's several different situations where people don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, I think just everyday situations, like going to the store, I may not, oh, if, if it's like, bright and sunny like it is today and especially if I'm with another person I tend not to take my cane with me um and if I am in my area that I know very well and I I've you know transited a lot here I don't use my cane so Mm -hmm. like on the bus for example or um while I'm talking to someone like a cashier or something I don't disclose because usually the interaction is so short um it's not something that I don't think will add much to the conversation if I'm not specifically asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they don't notice a lot of the time. So it's, it's a lot of the, it's just kind of like a weird situation where I think about it. I'm like, do I need to tell them if not, you know, can this interaction go smoothly without me needing to ask? Um, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes I make the wrong call. Uh, and that happens a lot too, where if I do need help, I, I just see if, Maybe they're willing to help and they're a kind person. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen and I need to disclose like, hey, actually, um, I needed help because I can't see this. Um, do you mind letting me know um, what what this is? Um, I had a really interesting experience uh, of, so a few years ago. I remember this, though. Um, I was at Subway and um, I was with uh, my vision teacher at the time, but I, I was kind of ordering myself. Um, and you know, Subway, uh, usually pretty standard, but you need to know kind of what breads are available just to let them, you know, to say, Hey, mm-hmm. I want this bread. Um, and I was talking to the person and I said, do you mind letting me know what breads are there? And they said, they just pointed and they said, it's over there. And I'm like, no, do you mind just letting me know what it is? And in hindsight, I should have just said, I couldn't see it. But again, I said, maybe I don't need to mention it. Cause you know, I didn't want to deal with follow-up questions and I was in a rush to leave. Um, they kind of kept pointing and eventually my vision teacher kind of just said, she can't see, do you mind telling her what it is like from behind me? Mm. And then kind of the whole tone changed of like, oh, of course, let me help you. And, you know, that, that kind of situation where it's like in hindsight, yes, I should have said it beforehand. Um, but I made the call because again, I didn't want to, cause a lot of the times you get follow-up questions where it's like, oh, what's the condition? And, um, in my case, it's a bit of a complicated thing to explain. <laughs> uh, so it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to get into that conversation. But um, yeah, so it's like making that call. Do I need to? Is it going to be beneficial? Um, do I also just want to deal with people looking at me or people asking questions or and sometimes you're on the mood or you're in a, in a rush? So um, yeah, it's it's interesting to make that call sometimes. And like, like Clement also mentioned that it's it's a decision that you need to make and it's not a clear cut decision all the time. Definitely. I know when I was younger, I didn't use a cane in familiar settings either, although I, I should have, but anyway, that's another topic, <laughs> which we will cover at some point. <laughs> but I, the scenario where the bus pulls up to the bus stop, the doors open and I would, at, in those days, it, we're so fortunate in Vancouver that the bus has actually announced their route number and destination now, but that was not the case when I was a teenager. So the doors not would open. 
Right. Not in it, not everywhere, just in Vancouver, <laughs> Metro Vancouver. But, uh, the, I would ask the driver, Can, what bus is this? And, and I would on more than one occasion, the driver would say, what are you blind? And I'd, I'd be like, uh, <clears throat> actually, yes. <laughs> but if you don't have that white cane, Awkward. yeah, totally. They don't know about legal blindness and yeah, 10% vision and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, Colby and Clement, what, what has your experience been of when people haven't known that you're blind or, or what circumstances, I guess? Well, one, one example where, um, it went really badly for me was when I was applying for, um, an English teaching certification program. Uh, I, I kind of made the call early on. I saw how complicated the application was and I was like, yeah, but it's English teaching and I've done it for five years, so I can probably get away with it. Um, and you know, and, and the material and stuff looked okay, so I, was, I decided that I wouldn't disclose. So I made it all the way to the interview process for the application, which took about a month. Uh, and then at the interview, you know, we showed up, um, or I showed up, we talked, and then I didn't say it right away because I figured they would notice with the cane walking in. And, you know, they said at the end, um, whether we had any que- just kind of the open time for questions and we talked about things and I mentioned, so as you know, I was like, well, it's just in case you've noticed, I'm totally blind. And so these are the things that, you know, we're going to have to think about as well. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't know that. And I was like, yeah. And, and the reason, you know, and I, I explained it very reasonably and I, I told them, I said, yes, I knew there were going to be, um, <clears throat> Just doing my research, there are things that are going to be a little complicated, but I, I think there are possible solutions, and I gave it to them. Um, and the uh, unfortunately, this is a sad ending, it didn't uh, end up working out because they told me that they weren't, for various reasons, that they weren't willing to accommodate. Um, and, you know, I, I had I had this one time, or this one moment where they told me, they said, you know, your application looked really good, you looked really qualified, Um you know, I think you would have been a fantastic uh, candidate and you would have gotten the certification, no problem. And then you came in and I saw you're visually impaired and everything changed. So that that was kind of one example where I think, where I'm not quite sure where disclosure, whether it would have helped or not. Well, um, no, it wouldn't yeah. have, it sounds yeah. like, because if they actually admitted yeah. that they discriminated against you, that's uh, yeah. pretty blatant. Yeah, so that that's kind of one of those times when you know i i kind of you know and and there's times like that where you make those choices right like times times when you know you fill out an application form for something or you it's just a phone call that's preliminary or you know an email or something and you're like well, maybe if i don't say anything it won't matter um and then you show up and the, and the, it and it looks like it's going to work out and then you know it showed up and i because it was my first time uh experiencing that i was can I say blindsided? Would that be a bad word? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I was, but you know, se- seriously speaking, I was, I was kind of blindsided by it. So that kind of just really taught me to be prepared for the fact that even though things look smooth, um, <clears throat> finding out that you're totally blind or visually impaired right at the last minute can literally break everything. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I feel like people often feel almost this sense of betrayal when they've been communicating with us for a period of time and then they find out we're blind. And I I think in an employment situation, it's a little bit warranted. Like 
but then I also can see the other side, right? Like they would have felt, I would, I usually recommend to people when they call you for an interview at that point, let them know that you're blind in case there is things in the interview, like a test you have to do, or just, you know, so they're not totally shocked when you show up with the white cane and it's pretty unlikely they're going to say, Oh, never mind, Don't come in then. And if they do, then it's very clearly discrimination, right? So usually they're still going to let you come in for the interview. They might have preconceived notions at that point, but if you walk in with the white cane, they're probably going to have them in that moment as well. So it's uh, it's such a tricky thing, but even in a social situation, if you haven't told somebody like, sitting on the sky train chatting to a stranger sometimes and i know they don't know that i'm blind until i get up and extend my cane and walk off the train and it's like am i supposed to somehow mention it in this conversation by the way i'm blind bye <laughs> <laughs> like if it doesn't come up it just doesn't come up and why would it if uh -huh. you're just having a conversation right so do you guys feel that awkward feeling of like i want to try to somehow say it but i don't know how it's interesting, you know, as, as someone who works with international students, um, this comes up a lot because a lot of my students come from cultures where blindness is taboo and shouldn't be talked about. And so it's very weird. Like I can, I can go an entire conversation or two conversations with an international student without ever talking about it. And it's, it's really weird for me because, you know, part, part of what I love about international students is the ability to have these conversations and talk about things like that. Um, and for advocacy too. But the weird thing is that part of me kind of goes, okay, do I keep this kind of cordial, agreeable conversation going? Or do I bring up the blindness and have a risk of them kind of getting really weird and awkward and, you know, um, different? So mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely agree that it's definitely not just employment or volunteering. It's very, very present in social situations too. Well, I've had professional Zoom meetings with people I've never met before, and they don't know I'm blind, like I'm just sitting yes. on Zoom, right? And, and they'll, it was really funny one time this, this man, we were meeting, and he, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I just got back from a run, I, I, you know, if I look kind of sweaty or whatever. <laughs> and so that opens it up for me to say, Oh, no problem. I'm visually impaired. I can't see you anyways. So don't worry about it. But it doesn't always come up. So yeah. we could have an entire conversation. Mm -hmm. I was in a meeting yesterday and I was already in the room when the person came in and, and it just, they didn't see a cane. I didn't even have it with me. I was at the office and I don't know after an hour half and a half, if they knew, like it didn't come up. Right. Yeah. So you're going to interrupt the flow of the dialogue to say, Oh, by the way, in case you were curious, if I'm not totally making eye contact with you, I'm visually impaired. <laughs> like, you know, it just, it's this awkward thing. Colby, you were going to say something. Oh, I was going to say that. Um, I agree. Like, um, I guess for me, it's kind of unique because I have a guide dog. And so when I have my guide dog with me, some people like they see the dog, but they don't even realize that it's a guide dog half the time. So that can be interesting. And then the other part of the time when I don't have my dog with me, then I have my cane. And if I have it all folded up, then people don't notice that I'm blind and I can't see them. So um, 
yeah, I would just agree that like sometimes you say something, sometimes you don't. Um, I was just in a in a course and it was all on Zoom, and so originally um, my professor knew that I was blind, but I didn't say anything in my class or to my classmates um, because I didn't think it really mattered. And then um, we ended up doing this project and um, for whatever reason, I did talk about my blindness in that and it went just to the professor. And then he said that he wanted to share everyone's projects. Mm. So it ended up that my vision impairment was mentioned but at that point I just kind of let it go because like I could have said oh I don't want mine to be shared but um I didn't really mind at that point but yeah like otherwise I wouldn't have said anything to my classmates because it was all over zoom Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great example when disclosure is out of your hands and someone does it for you. Yes. Um, have you guys had that kind of, well, Colby kind of just discussed one, but it's happened a lot in school for me too, but it, it happens in social settings where say if it's um, oh. a family friend and, you know, I may not know them very well, but my parents do. And my parents are the ones who describe my visual impairment. And, you know, they're my parents, obviously they know it quite well, but Sometimes I feel like I'm better suited to describe things than they are because I'm the one experiencing it. Um, But I don't have that connection with them. So I need to rely on other people to describe it for me. So if I don't want to make things awkward and maybe say stuff in the language that I'm not like as comfortable in or something like that. But um, I'm curious, uh, Sean, Mm -hmm. Colby, if you have any other experiences like that, what that feels like for you guys? Because I find it a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I had one in high school that was terrible, actually, because in high school, I was trying to hide that I had a disability. I was pretty good at it, too, I might add. Uh, So nobody really knew. And this was grade eight. So just started a new school. um, And I was in home ec and uh, there was an EA for the first time ever. I had an EA in the class to help me with sewing. And she had been helping Uh, the other kids around me as well, which worked out really nicely for me (laughs) because nobody really knew she was my EA, which was fantastic, but I was still getting the help that I needed. And so I guess this went on for a a few weeks. And then my, I was pulled out of class one day, didn't really, well, on the premise of meeting another blind student that was in the school. Uh, But I didn't realize that while I was not in class, uh, the whole class was informed that I was legally blind and that the the EA was there for me and that other people shouldn't be asking her for help. And so oh, I still gosh. didn't know that that happened. Yeah. Until I was walking down the hall and one of my friends who was in that class, who was in a couple of my classes, stopped me in the hall and said, I didn't know you were legally blind. And I was totally caught off guard. Like, how the hell, you know, sorry, how the heck do you know that? <laughs> and then she explained what happened. So I was totally outed without my permission. And it was awful at that time in my life. I mean, I feel a lot differently now, but I think it's a really personal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for me, one thing, um, like Ishida was saying, how your parents um, describe your vision impairment. 
Um, the same for me. My often times, if I'm with my dad, he's the worst at it. Anyway, um, does he, he listen to say, our podcast? Just curious. No. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't know how to find it. Okay. Um, so he he will like it doesn't matter where we are. He will say if if. I'm like going somewhere, say I want to talk to somebody. He'll be with me. And then he'll be like, you know, she's blind, right? Uh-oh. And I'm like, you don't have to say that. Like, that's not the, it doesn't matter if they know or not. Mm-hmm. But he will say it like everywhere we go. And I'm like, you don't have to say that. And it kind of drives me crazy. Do you My think, mom's better. But... Do you think people that do that sort of thing are doing it like in case we do something wrong, like socially wrong, you know, like in case we don't smile at the person who's smiling at us or we don't like some of those unwritten rules. Do you think your dad's trying to be Mm. like, don't think she's rude. She's blind. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Or like they do it out of, they think they're helping, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily helping. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think it's also safety, probably, because my parents are very overprotective and they still are. Yeah. Um, and if I'm in a situation where they think it'll impact something, like if I trip, which I do all the time anyways. Um, but, you know, just I guess is to let people know like, hey, she's visually impaired in case she trips like oh maybe you can look after her and I'm like mom I'm 21 I don't <laughs> I don't need that it's I know okay. right <laughs> uh but like you know I, you know, I can hold my own it's fine I trip all the time I walk into walls it happens and it's fine but um Hashtag Asian that, kid problems I know um, well, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's just what I've noticed most of it where it's like they're just trying to make sure I'm safe mm. um but it's you know I wouldn't put myself in a situation where I don't feel I'm safe <laughs> and I try to explain that where yeah. it's like I, I'm already feeling safe enough to go with this person um, or to be in the situation. So, and if it comes up, don't look, like, don't worry about it. I'm, it's good. Don't worry. And if I do trip, it'll be a funny story or something. Like I'll just laugh it off and I'll, I'll, I'll say, oh, sorry, I'm blind. Or I'll, I'll mention it. It's not a big deal where someone else has to say it. Um, so it's like a prevention in my opinion, kind of how I see it, how they do it, but um mm. You know, I, I can't say I'm not them, but that, that's how I noticed it playing out usually with me. I And I, I would I would agree. Um, I, I think part of it coming from the cultural angle, because uh, Ishtar and I come from similar backgrounds, similar, not the same, but similar. Um, we <clears throat> there's there's a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on trying to avoid any bumps in the conversation or in the interaction or in the visit. You know, everything is supposed to be kept as smooth as possible. And so part of that will be your parents or whoever you know kind of taking over and just saying, hey, by the way, this is so-and-so and they can't see, so just FYI, um, which leads to a lot of awkward things and whatnot. But for for our side, I think it's definitely it, – it is their attempt, like Ishtha said, to kind of preempt any weird, unforeseen interactions that might happen. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and and the fact that um our parents are overprotective mine are as well um my house is being renovated at the moment and uh that is all over 
the interactions I've had with the renovators for the last week, uh, just because my parents had a chance to talk to them first before they showed up, and I'm pretty sure they mentioned the two blind kids in the house, and uh, so it's 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 been it's been weird, um, <laughs> and you know other times when my dad has, uh, I remember this very clearly when we went to Japan uh, as a family the first time, and I met one of my students who I took care of for three years while she was here. Um, and, you know, they, they came to pick me up, a group of them, and uh, my dad said, oh, you know, so glad to meet you guys. Please take care of my son. And I was like, whoa! Mm. Okay. Uh, are you aware that I've been taking care of these kids mm -hmm. longer than they've been taking care of me? Mm -hmm. You know, like... Um, but, of course, they didn't realize that that was a weird thing, and, you know, they kind of just said, oh, yeah, you know, of course, ha! Huh? And, you know, it was polite, and it was cordial, and we left, and... Uh, unfortunately, time issues like that. I don't know if it's just that you can relate, but those those never really tend to get addressed. Uh, it just ends up with me feeling weird. Um, you know that that particular situation, especially, just kind of ended up with you know we had a good time and whatever, but it it was nice to catch up and stuff. But it was weird because I was kind of like, ooh, how much of what my dad said actually stuck in their brains, and how much are they thinking about it now? So it's been addressed a couple of times, at least on my end, where it's turned into something bigger and. You know, if I was really, um, it really perpetuated the fact that I couldn't do anything in my mind. Yeah. Um, there's been instances where it's been at like a, um, a medical office um, and, you know, so I'm needing to fill out a form and I've disclosed that I couldn't see it and they're willing to to help me out with, with like mm -hmm. the personnel that's there. But my family member would come in and just fill out the form without even like talking to me because yes, they know my information, but I'm just sitting there watching them fill out a form for me and you know everyone else is staring at me and it's it, in my mind perpetuates the idea that I can't be independent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, does, it does the same with me too. And <laughs> and I'm sure you know, I don't know if I've, I've had instances where it has and they kind of talk about it like the the professionals and they ask me and you know but I've had to come home and say you know I can handle this stuff on my own it's okay um and then usually they understand um they do it again but then, you know okay. i'm having to like okay maybe I, yeah i was, I was just know. gonna ask whether they understand or not because my mine definitely don't yeah so, it's, it's a mix some yeah, do, it's, some a, it's a it's a weird situation and and for me too it was weird because i was like wow like that made me feel like i haven't been doing a professional job for the past three years like yeah i've been taking care of these students longer than you've clearly been noticing so mm -hmm. it was it was weird yeah. for me because i was like wow way to make me not feel like an adult who's mm -hmm. actually reconnecting with people I helped out and took care of while they were here so I had a situation we were I was I was having a play date with somebody who was like more than an acquaintance but not quite a friend and our kids were the same age and and so they brought their kids over to my house to play with my kid and told me that on the way there they explained to their kids that I was blind and and I it was really like almost like warned them, right? Like, and I felt really weird about it because why? Like, I can explain it myself if it if it's relevant, and it'll probably come up because at some point little kids try to show you things, and then you have to say, "Actually, I can't see that. Can you put it in my hand?" They don't know what blind is. They don't understand. And really, giving them this speech on the way to my house about me and how I'm different possibly made them feel apprehensive or uncomfortable or unsure about me or maybe a little scared who knows right so yeah it that was a situation where like I kind of 
like, oh, I got to warn the kids about the different person we're about to encounter. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of kids, that's one of the ones where I find disclosing to be the most smooth actually because mm. I volunteer with kids a lot I've done like festivals um like children's festivals and I volunteer at a daycare um and it ranges from like you know early teens to like little kids and I find that it's it's awesome with kids because they're just naturally so curious yeah. and they just want to know what's happening um And if you throw them in a situation where, you know, they're dealing with someone who's blind, they'll just ask and they'll be like, hey, what's what's up with your eyes? And I'd I'd be like, well, uh, actually, I I can't see very well. And they're like, oh, were you born like that? No, it was a situation. Well, you know, you kind of go into that conversation, but it happens naturally where they just want to know if you prepare them. And if you like say it beforehand, I feel like they get really like anxious about it. They don't Mm -hmm. know um and I've had situations where like you know the teacher um or the manager that I was working with with the kids told them beforehand and they're like so teacher told us that you can't see how'd you get here and I'm like mm-hmm. oh, okay well <laughs> uh I walked here um and you know stuff like that where it's I think they get more nervous around me um beforehand if someone had mentioned it versus if they just we're having an activity and they just ask totally yeah. um, they're just like oh okay and they just move on and it's nothing like it's not a big yeah. deal and they're just like cool and they're like oh can you see this or so like look look you know like and, and I, I i don't mind it at all and yeah, I, I feel I, like yeah. a lot of people just it's it's an amazing situation I, where it's like you I, can I adapt agree. so well to anything and mm-hmm. like i agree i don't completely. know i always find it with kids it's the best kids and teens are my favorite because they don't have a filter and they will just ask you anything. Parents are like, shh, don't ask. And I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. They need to know. <laughs> or they're yeah. like, so it's like, don't ask that. Um, you know, and so <laughs> I, I agree with this just the absolutely. And and Sean, to what you said earlier about it it almost like being a warning and that making it really, really awkward. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And I think that's why it, it's one of the reasons I think we're talking about this because we're spending a lot of time on this particular aspect of it because I think when we tell people um, about it ourselves, we get to present it as it actually is. Yes. Uh, other people, when they tell their kids or their friends or you know whatever, uh, you know workers coming to your house or whatever, they have preconceptions that they're going to include in that kind of description that we will not, mm-hmm. uh, because we know certain things that they don't or uh, we don't have the same uh, prohibitions that they do or the same feelings of apprehension that they do. And so we'll be able to, and that's that's why I would say it's usually, if you can, it's better to let your child or your family member or your friend or whatever do it themselves if they need to disclose, just because there's, you know, it's as close to the real thing as you can get. Well, it kind of normalizes it also, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you don't mention it, that sort of demonstrates to the other people that it's not a big deal yeah, to you. It's, yeah, exactly. it's probably not going to be a, a big deal to them. Right. Yeah. But when you make a big announcement about it yeah. <laughs> or a warning, then you're singling us out. Yeah. You're like, my different friend is coming. By the yeah. way, she's blind, you know, maybe in a situation where you're going to do something that is going to require some assistance, maybe mentioning i don't know there might be situations where mentioning well, it in advance is helpful but i think you can mention it but there's no need to kind of 
load it up and make a speech, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people will do. A lot of people say, you know, my friend's blind, and so you need to not do this, and you need to not do that, blah, 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 And you're like, uh, I don't think it has to be that much. But, you know, if you just say, you know, it's say we're going on a hike, this is when I found that happens sometimes, is you're going on a hike, and, you know, one of your friends says, oh, by the way, my blind friend's coming, so just, you know, just FYI. That's it. And I don't think that's an issue. Um, I think it's an issue if you go on to say, oh, my blind friend's coming, so just, you know, make sure to help them out and look out for them and, you know, keep an eye on them while they're here just so they don't fall over anything or whatever. And I think I think that's where it starts to get a little much. Um, yeah. Whereas if you just say, oh, you know, my blind friend's around and kind of leave it at that, I think people naturally, I think we give people too little credit. I think a lot of people naturally understand um, what kind of help that you know, how, how to look out for somebody blind or not. Um, I don't think I would want someone to say my blind friend's coming. I, I feel like I'm not mm. just blind. Like <laughs> I'm just your friend. I happen to be yeah. blind. Yeah. It's well, funny. I, I don't, I don't mean that particular phrasing. I mean, you know, just my, my friend so-and-so is coming and, you know, just so you know, they can't see. I don't, right. But, you know, I think that's, I, I yeah. think my blind friend's coming is, yeah, that's, that, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> want, no, nobody should ever say that. <laughs> because that's just, that's degrading on all sorts of levels but you know if you say oh you know my friend's coming and you mentioned a lot of things about them and then you say by the way they also can't see i don't think that's an issue right okay at least i would see that as less of one do you guys have i kind of have like a bit of almost anxiety when i meet somebody new and they don't know i'm blind now that my vision is as low as it is it's yeah. like i can't really fake it <laughs> anymore but I'm thinking of a situation like someone comes to the door or like Halloween. Yes. I hate handing out candy on Halloween. I because hate. <laughs> it's like, Sorry. are you going to open the door to every kid and be like, in case I fumble putting candy in your bag, I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. Meeting new students is always, always, always anxiety provoking for me, for sure. Because uh, as soon as I, you know, I, I see that or, you know, they come in the door and I kind of reach out my hand and shake them and go, hi, nice to meet you. My brain automatically goes, oh my God. You know, yeah. how are they going to, how are they going to react to, you know, my hand not quite exactly reaching theirs or me not making eye contact or whatever. Like what's that going to do? And so I, yeah, I totally get it. It's nerve wracking every time I meet somebody, especially in a professional setting. Well, and there's this sort of like, am I going to make a mistake before they understand why I'm making it? Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. if you're leading somebody through the halls and you know, your way around, you don't need your cane, yeah. but you bump the edge of the wall or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they're now they're like, Oh, what's up with her? Yeah. Or but there's a don't. box that ha was there that you is not normally. Yes. There. You, you hit it and you go, Oh my God, that's super embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally get that one. I don't know. For me, everyday situations, I tend not to think about it unless I'm already nervous about the situation and then it piles on and then I just can't sleep and I'm thinking about that. But I think like, like Clement said, more professional settings or if the spotlight's on me, like if I'm meeting someone specifically like a friend's friend and I know they haven't mentioned and we, and we kind of go back into that whole conversation and are someone who I know may be a little bit, you know, judgy and <laughs> it's like oh do I approach this thing or um you know stuff like that I think um and also like when I when I used to work um I used to host meetings a lot um and a lot of the times we'd have guest speakers who I have 
disclose to beforehand that I'm the one because they're usually talking to me and I'm arranging times with them and I just sort of mention it. Um, but again, when I used to, we would have new members joining in our, our council and, um, you know, I don't want to start every meeting saying, by the way, I'm blind. Mm-hmm. Um, I did sometimes when the meeting warranted that when it was like a meeting outside and I had to stay in the shade a little bit more, or if we were talking about disability at large as a conversation, I would mention it, but I wouldn't go around every time saying it. Um, but then I had people coming up to me. I had a girl once, and I'll never forget this interaction, um, who I had mentioned in that meeting that I was blind. Um, and she comes up to me afterwards and she's like, oh, you're blind. I thought you were just rude. And you never looked at anyone. And I'm like, ah, oh, people think that about me. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know oh, that yes. people thought that. Um, and I asked like a friend, I'm like, do people think I'm rude? She's like, um, people have mentioned it and I'm like why didn't you tell me <laughs> like what? uh so like that got into oh my, my head and I'm like I don't want to come off as rude because you know eye contact is a big thing when you're in a professional setting or when you're you know trying to you know in my head I thought like okay when you're presenting if you stare at someone I thought that was rude so you mm-hmm. know you just kind of sweep your eyes around the crowd that, that's mm-hmm. what I thought was normal but apparently not I don't I don't know. Now, like, now, now you give me something new to we work. Now you give me something new to worry about. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, I, oh, oh I'm already like worried. About I, that's that's <laughs> that's such that's such an interesting thing. I've never been told that before, but now yeah. that you mention it, yeah, I can totally see that because I I also don't walk around with a cane a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I can totally see why in certain environments. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, yeah, that's why I feel anxious. It's like yeah. now I want totally. my cane with me, even when yeah. I don't need yeah. it sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Just because, because it's I, like, okay, everyone, this is why. This is why yeah. I'm not coming up to you and saying hello because yeah. I actually don't know I'm you're there. I'm not being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not trying to, not, you know. Yeah. Not yeah. a snob. Yeah. I'm not rude. I'm not that's, slow. I'm not. <laughs> that's really interesting. I'm going to have to go away and process that one. <laughs> Actually, before I knew this one girl that she was visually impaired and um, I thought she was quite rude because she was so quiet all the time. And then I found out that she was visually impaired and she just was very shy. It goes into that conversation of just not judging until you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think someone coming up to you and saying, oh, I thought you were rude, that you hated me. Like, what's wrong with you? Is more rude than me <laughs> not looking at you <laughs> and me being overall respectful and yeah. talking to yeah. you like, uh, you know, I would anyone else. So it's, I guess it's the thing of perspective, but like, it's, it's interesting. I never had that happen to me before. And I didn't know that people thought it was rude until... Uh, much later because like another interaction that happened was when I was on my uh, school's basketball team and we got a new coach and I actually was with a friend who apparently she was labeled rude versus me because um, and and it was like a whole conversation we got called in and I don't know what happened but my coach described she's like you know you can't see yes but when I talk to you you nod and you acknowledge that I'm talking to you and I'm like I do that I didn't know I did that (laughs) um but I think I try to make it obvious that yes I understand that you're talking to me I nod I say oh okay Uh uh-huh uh-huh like I'll I'll acknowledge that you're talking to me versus maybe someone who cited which which in this case she was just stared at you and Mm. she interpreted that as rude yeah rather than me just you know trying to be uh interactive as I could so 
it's interesting. It's a, I guess, a matter of perspective. I had a situation. I went to see a counselor when I was in university and I didn't disclose. I, at that time in my life, I carried my cane folded in my hand everywhere. So <laughs> not super useful, but it was there. It was a step. And, and we were, you know, halfway into the first session and I mentioned I was visually impaired and she like stopped the whole session to like talk about this detail that I, she didn't know about me. And I mean, I feel like I don't even want to talk about the, you know, like I don't, I don't want to give counselors a bad rep because <laughs> most of them are fantastic. And I was because you, you are, because you are one. Yes. <laughs> but I felt really like she put the spotlight on it. Yeah. And, and that, that's one of the reasons we don't always disclose, right? Mm -hmm. Because people, people treat us differently when they know sometimes, yeah. sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a like, oh, I totally want to help you like the person in Subway. Yeah. But sometimes in a like, oh, wait a minute. Now I view you completely differently than I did five minutes ago. Yeah. And that's frustrating. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced yeah. that so many times too, where the, the conversation goes completely normally. You're talking like two civilized adults and then the blindness thing comes up and it's, and there, there's just, there is a change. You can feel it. Uh, if you're low vision, you can probably see it. There, there's something in the demeanor and in the way they carry themselves, in the way they talk, mm -hmm. it, and it's a very subtle. It's a very subtle change. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people would notice, but I think you know. And so a lot of people, when I when I mentioned that, people would be like, "Ah, no, you're overthinking it." I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not overthinking it. Mm -hmm. I just notice it because I see it all the time." You know. Yeah. Um, so that's. Ugh. Yeah, and it's discomfort. I, it's yes, just it's like very, they're not very, familiar. They don't it, know how. Are there are there rules now that I need yeah. to know that I don't yeah. know? How do I interact with you? Yeah. All the things. Like I yeah. get it, but we also feel it. <laughs> yeah, and and calling you know calling attention to it and making mountains out of molehills sometimes just it's not productive, you know. No, which is why it's easier yeah. just not to disclose. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Totally. And that's one of the yeah. reasons I choose not to, because I know the moment I do, somebody is going to make a mountain out of a molehill, and it's not something I want to deal with. I think, Sean, you kind of mentioned it where people feel, like, betrayed or mm -hmm. offended when you disclose. And I, I see it happening a lot, especially, like, when I kind of go into the situation not having a cane, um, it's all fine they don't know and then I pull out my cane because we're reaching stairs or it's a darkly lit area um, and I just say oh, sorry one sec and I take out my cane and then I physically see them like move back and being like oh I didn't know you can mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. and I'm like well geez <laughs> I'm sorry um you know it turns into like like they feel like I I sense that they're upset like yeah I don't know to me in my head it's like they think I'm hiding it or faking it or whatever they're like so you didn't need it back then why right. didn't you need it there and I'm like well first of all like you know the tone says a lot too right and yeah. it's like well it's it's a situation where I don't I'm pretty good in um like in the brightly lit areas but I tend to need it in this you know I don't need to explain myself especially if it's a random stranger who's just helping me or whatever you know you know where this sense of betrayal really shows itself a lot is when I book ubers mm-hmm oh um, I don't tell, I don't make it a point of telling people, uh, because usually Uber is pretty accurate to the point where they'll come, they'll stop where you are. Um, or I'll just mention where I am incidentally, you know, I'll give them a street corner. I'll give them the actual location or the shop that I'm in front of whatever, in case they need it. 
Uh, but I don't usually mention I'm visually impaired. Sometimes I do uh, if the area is really complicated and if it if it's not easy to find me. Uh, but typically, you know, all I mention it, all I mention is where I am. And sometimes it'll still take them a little while because they have to come a roundabout way or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, when they find me, the the first thing a lot of people will say to me, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I you, I didn't know you couldn't see. Otherwise, I would have that that I didn't know you couldn't see." or I'm sorry is quite a common response too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why are like, you sorry? <laughs> and I'm like, why are, first of all, why are you, I mean, I, I'm, I no, I mean, they, they usually apologize because it took a longer time than, okay. you know, they probably wanted, but the more often, the more common response I get isn't, I'm sorry. It's usually just, oh, I didn't know you couldn't see, you should have told me. And I was like, well, I told you where I was. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see why it mattered, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. If, if I was in a crowd or, you know, if the, again, if, if it was an open area and you couldn't locate me specifically, you know, then that's fine. But I can, you know, if I say, oh, I'm in front of this and this shop and I'm literally standing in front of the door, I don't see any reason I have to tell you that I'm visually impaired. You know, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, and this is cultural too, um, you know. And so a lot of them will say, oh, you know, you should have told me I couldn't see. Then I would have actually gotten out of my car and looked for you. And I was like, well, you wouldn't have had to if you just looked at the direction I was giving you, <laughs> you know. So it, it's, it, is, it is weird. Um, and that it definitely does. Th there, is, there is this sense of almost, it's almost like they're indignant because you didn't tell them. Or, you know, like like you said, Sean, like kind of being betrayed or like offended mm -hmm. at not being told, uh, which then makes it harder for us because then it's like, oh, well, do I have to say it every time now? Well, and that's generally the reaction in situations like applying for jobs yeah. or online dating or mm -hmm. um, any of, you know, those any place where you're going to be evaluated judged yeah. i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. any anywhere there's anywhere where there's going to be any sort of scrutiny or like observation like kind of detailed observation of any kind i think so um i have an example so for me um i did i tried online dating because where i live there's really not a lot of people around and Basically, everyone knows each other anyway, so it's pretty hard to find somebody if you want to date someone. So I went online and I tried a few different apps. And at first, um, I didn't say that I was blind. Um, and I was talking to a few different people. And then once I started talking to them, then I would say, um, you know, like, um, actually, like, I want you to know that I'm blind. And then I would say, like, I hope this doesn't really matter to you kind of thing. And some people, there was one person, um, one person in particular that said, you know, I don't think I can continue talking to you because you're blind. And I was like, wow, like that was, that's pretty like awful of you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, that's good. Like, at least I know that that person um, is not someone that I want to 
like get to know more. So then I talked to more people and then um, with my current boyfriend, um, I, we started talking and then um, I did disclose that I was blind and he said that he thought I might be because of the pictures that I had. And I forgot what pictures I even used. So um, anyway, yeah. So, and then he was like, well, it doesn't really matter to me and it doesn't really make any difference. So um, once he said that, I was like, okay, well then that's really good. We've continued talking to each other and everything, but it was definitely hard at first. It's so hard. And I've, I had that experience too. And once they knew they just disappeared. So it's a good way to screen people. That's for sure. But in the end, I ended up putting that I was blind on my profile, my dating profile, just so that I didn't have to deal with it. Cause I think for me now, I, I'm just like air on the side of disclose (laughs) wherever I can. And I want to, cause it's, I'm not ashamed of my blindness. It's makes me part of it is, you know, it's a big part of who I am and it makes me kind of interesting. Um, but it's the times when I can't tell people like when, you know, somebody tell us comes to the door and I want to just be like, I'm, I don't, know if you're handing me something because I'm blind and you know like (laughs) where I stand there not sure what to say because I know they don't know and it's not a place that I can disclose so like even applying for jobs because I work in the disability field I I would put that I was visually impaired that I'd grown up with a degenerative eye condition on my cover letter because it I thought it was a strength in that case right so it's harder for me when I can't um, Colby, I had a quick question, and this could turn into its own discussion, <laughs> but um, now that you have a guide dog, like I'm curious, Clement was kind of talking about taking Uber and, you know, what that process is like disclosing. Um, how has it been for you disclosing, like, do you just have to disclose that you have a guide dog when you're getting onto an Uber or a taxi? Or has there been situations where, because, you know, there's a lot of, there is discrimination based yeah. on the- animals and you know that's its own discussion at large but just to touch on that what has been your experience yeah so so I've had I've had a bit of both um so I read on Facebook that there was somebody who was asking um you know like how do you avoid getting denials from Uber and one person said that they um on their Uber profile they put their name and their dog's name together or not even there I just put Colby and guide dog and I thought that that would be helpful um and so keep in mind I don't live in Vancouver so I don't take Uber a lot but when I have been there I have used it and sometimes I would get Uber Ubers that cancel And other times I would get people that would come and be fine with it. Um, And then the other thing is I was talking to another person with a guide dog and they said that they found it's easier if you don't disclose and then you wait till the Uber comes and then at least you can try to um, reason your 
your way to having your dog with mm. you if somebody doesn't want to take you. Um, but it is definitely a challenge with having a guide dog. Well, then you have to convince them and educate them. Yeah. 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 And that that's almost more demoralizing in its own way. Uh, I had I had it happen just about a month ago. Actually, I was with a friend. Um, <clears throat> we went to a music store to buy gear and we were going to go for dinner afterwards and it was raining and we were just like, oh, well, it's let's not walk back to the SkyTrain because it's raining. We'll just Uber. And so I, I booked the Ubers and, you know, the first couple of times I was like, oh, well, let's let's not disclose and let's just see what happens. And so that's the, that was the approach I took. And they showed up. We reasoned with them. The two of, and two of them drove away. Uh, and then the third, um, I decided to disclose, and I mentioned in the message. I sent them a message: so we will be ha- we will be accompanied by a service dog. They canceled, and the fourth canceled as well. And wow. so, yeah. Oh, and so the it was it was half and half. I think but that's we, a future topic for yeah. a podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> deny guide dog denials would yeah. definitely be different. Yeah. But you know, it was the, all of that. All of that took about half an hour, and both of us were very, 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 very depressed by the end of that. <laughs> And we're yeah. like, wow, like what, what a way to ruin a night, you know, and a super so. good example of where it doesn't, again, like whether yeah. you disclose or not, disclose or not, you're Dan, you're darned yeah. if you do and you're darned if you don't. Yeah. Right? So I, I just kind of want to reiterate to listeners that, you know, when, when there, when there's, when it's a question of to disclose or not, um, I would say, let the person decide. And if they tell you about a situation where disclosing didn't work, um, you know, don't dismiss it and don't say, oh, you're not, you're overthinking it or it's not a big deal because it happens or, you know, the, the important thing is to be empathetic, especially when it doesn't work, I think. Yeah. And I would add, I mean, if you think about just general people, if you, if you think about something about yourself that maybe is... I don't know. Like if you had to all the time tell people about something about yourself that others might have judgment about, would you want to, (laughs) you know, like it's not, it's not a straightforward thing. It's very layered. And I think just respecting people where they are, if they choose not to, or if they choose to, and you know, we're all individuals and we're all going to have a different, different reasoning for all of that. Yeah. And I'd say to our listeners who are visually impaired and blind, um, if you've had an experience where it's gone wrong, um, it's hard not to, but I would say don't let it get to you and try not to let that prevent you from navigating situations in a similar manner or experimenting in different ways. Because yeah. it's it's really a, a process and you learn based on experience. So um, it can be frustrating and it can be demoralizing at times, but, you know, keeping just keeping patient and you know trying to work with people and just making sure that you are comfortable is like the utmost importance in my opinion so um it's a process it's a, so what i want people to take away it's a process and you learn as you go amen to that absolutely yes all right well thanks you guys so much for joining me today i think this has been a really great conversation and hopefully people Sighted and blind have learned a lot. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. 
If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.